Hello and welcome back to Izzy and Ari. I'm Izzy. And I'm Ari. Yeah, welcome back. Um, before we get started on our topic today, don't forget to check out our Instagram at it's Izzy and Ari. No underscores, nothing, just all together. It'd be great if you could go and check us out and support us and that would be amazing. All right, getting started on our topic. What's our topic? So since today is the first day of Hispanic Heritage Month, September 15th, I wanted to dedicate this episode to all, like, the little myths of each Spanish-speaking country. Uh Uh-huh. So, we're going to start off with a myth in Guatemala. Mm -hmm. La niña de negro, or, like, the girl in black. Uh Uh-huh. So, it's... Hold on, I'm getting text messages. Can you get closer to the mic? Yeah. Is that good? Okay, that's better. Okay. So... Since the early 1900s, an annual supernatural event has repeated itself in the Guatemala City Cathedral. A mysterious, frail, and deli- delicate young woman dressed in black appears with a look of anguish and concern. So they don't really know her name. They just mm-hmm. know that she pops around this church called San Sebastian, mm-hmm. and which means like it's like in the city center. It's like, mm-hmm. in, like smack dab in the middle. Right. So her identity remains a mystery. Like I said, they don't know what her name is, what mm-hmm. her origins are. And so apparently she approaches you if you s- see her. So scary stories about the behavior of this young girl say that she offers a gold chain to those who witness her. And upon the chain is a piece of paper with it, her address written on it. So in the address if that's written on the piece of paper leads to the Guatemala City's General Cemetery. So oh, wow. Yeah, so that's where she's that's cool. from. Sure, yeah. That's cool, though. Yeah. I feel like that's cool. Yeah, so. Because, like, I would have thought it would have been, like, oh, her, like, address before she died. Yeah. But, but no, it's, it's cemetery. This, yeah, so in Guatemala. Okay. This is Latin America and the Caribbean. Do you say Caribbean or Caribbean? I say Caribbean because I like inter. Like I was thinking about that uh, like a while ago. I was like, is it Caribbean or is it Caribbean? Yeah, it's Caribbean. Okay. I feel like I'm gonna say this wrong. El chupacabra. Yeah, chupacabra. Because I, I, I kind of stumble over my words, especially because I'm tired. Right. Um, which is translates to the goat sucker. Crazy. Oh, Didn't yeah. know that. I did not know that. Um, currently, the tales of the chupacabras are still popular, and some believers are positive that it's a real as it's as real as it gets. The name comes from the Spanish word chupra, to suck, and cabra, goat. Chupar. Chuta. Chupar. I, sorry, chupar. I can't roll my R's. Yeah, chupar. I can't roll my R's. I didn't roll my R's then. Yes, chupar. yes, you did. Chupar. This okay. Yeah. Um, it's common description as blood-sucking, four-foot-tall rep- reptile-like creature with huge red eyes and sharp quills on its spine. Many who have seen it with their own eyes say that it's similar to a vampire, kangaroo, or wild dog. Um, the first sighting was in Puerto Rico in 1995 when a local woman discovered dead livestock that suffered from peculiar puncture wounds and their blood had been completely drained from their bodies um shortly after the incident um some reported sightings began popping up in other parts of puerto rico dominic republic 
um, Bolivia, Chile, Argentina, Colombia, Honduras, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Panama, Peru, and Mexico. In 2011, um, the book Tracking the Chupacabras uh, by Benjamin Radford concluded that the eyewitnesses from the incident in Puerto Rico had been had based her description of the creature on a sci-fi horror movie film she'd seen. And then the or the authors 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 five year investigation he officially denied the existence of the creature. Like apparently, it's not a real. Creature. Wrong. It is real. Okay. Okay. So next we have. I believe it's real. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so number three we have El Sombrerón, the man with the black big hat. I was gonna say black hat, but no, it's big hat. So this myth is based around in Mexico, Central America, and well, it's mostly known in. Oh my god! I can't stop. Guatemala. So the legends say a sombrerón is a short man dressed in black with boots, a thick bell, and a shiny buckle. He stands out of w- he stands out for wearing a disproportionately large hat which he uses to cover his face. Although legends say he roams the city of Antigua with four mules and a large guitar, others say they've seen him in the roads of Santa Rosa and other areas of Guatemala. Believers claim that he aims to woo a young, like woo young, long-haired women by playing captivating melodies with his guitar that he accompanies with this oh. sweet-sounding voice. So yeah, <laughs> he's a woman's man. A womanizer. Yeah, it's crazy. Even a ghost can get down with it. <laughs> I should have not said that. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Anyways, this makes. Insane. <laughs> This makes his targets fall under a spell of love. Like, as he serenades them. them. El Sombrerón then clings to the women and haunts them, stopping them from sleeping and eating as he tightly weaves long braids in their hair. So he likes to do their hair. Oh. Like braids. Okay. If a woman becomes a victim of El Sombrerón, she is doomed to her death. That's crazy. The only... (laughs) The only way to send him away is by immediately chopping off the women's hair. The woman's hair. So yeah. Can she do her own, or does somebody else have to do it? She can do her own, I guess. Like, honestly, I don't know. I can't tell if I would like that or not. Yeah. I mean, like. <laughs> <gasps> oh my gosh! Can you do this next one? I want to do La Llorona. Okay. Yeah. Fine. You can do La Llorona. Yes. Okay. So, I don't know how to pronounce this because I'm kind of a no sabo, but, like... (laughs) If I did that one, I was like, "Mm, can you, like, help me out here? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how to say it, but it's, like, the elves. So, before I get started, I kind of want to start with something I heard Mm -hmm. about the elves. So, apparently, if you hear a knock on your door... Is it the gnomes? The tiny gnomes? gnomes, Tiny gnomes, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, they're, like, they're elves, kind of. So... If you like hear a knock on the door and you don't see anybody there and you open your door like fully, yeah, fully, you technically invite them into your house and they haunt you for like a while. Until, I don't know until they like get bored or something. I don't know. I literally take everything out of my house. <laughs> so this is based in Mexico. I wouldn't say obviously, but like I mean, you think <laughs> she's acting up a bit. I don't. I don't know what's going on with my nose. Yeah. What up? 
Yeah, I want to talk about that. What is going on with you and wanting to sniff stuff? Uh, no, it's not me sniffing. I'm just... It's weird can it, that it can hear. Okay, keep going. Yeah. Okay. So, in the Yucatan Peninsula, the legends of Los... I'm going to try and pronounce it, but I don't know if I'm going to get it right or not. Los Aljues. Probably that's not how you pronounce it, but We're like trying. the legends... The legends of the gnomes or elves are a big part of the Mayan culture. The elves are spirits who like, who are kind of like, who kind of look like tiny children or like mm -hmm. act like kids that wear like sandals, a hat, and live inside caves. Interestingly, a dog usually joins them, so like they they're accompanied by a dog. Mm -hmm. They're usually they're usually playful and naughty keepers of the forest who also protect farmers' fields. Mexican farmers believe that the elves treat you as you treat them. If you enter their territory, you should be nice to them and offer them food. If you want the elves to take care of your crops and harvest, you should also build them like tiny houses. I but would I would love to do that. Yeah. Mm. So, but some say that their mischievous nature eventually rears its ugly head, leading people to believe that after seven years, you must seal the doors of the tiny houses or... They will start acting up against you. So how do you know that they'll turn against you? Well, some of your most precious belongings go missing out of the blue, or you'll have uncontrollable nightmares and sleepwalk in the middle of the night. If you don't do as the elves expect upon encountering them, they might make you ill or delirious. Among the Mayans... This illness is known as malaire, or like bad air. And in order to be cured, you must visit a specialized healer. Whereas if you visit a regular doctor, he might also become ill. In the end, the, the elves slash gnomes aren't really bad spirits. They're kind of like children who want to be respected. And you should try to stay on their good side. Wow. Yeah. I feel like it would be fun. I feel like you'd have a blast. I would. Anyways, is my favorite. I love La Llorona. The most iconic spirit, I guess. Yes, like I, I honestly, I love her. Okay, La Llorona, the wailing woman or weeping woman. Yeah. Um, the countries that are most seen in is Guatemala, Mexico, Colombia, and other Central American countries. I also heard that she's made her way into Texas yes. and Mexico. I'm like, how did you oh, get no. over here? Okay, and... Um, she is, of course, one of the famous legends of the Spanish-speaking world. And it is the tale of La Llorona, whose stories varies depending on the country where they are told. In Mexico and Colombia, she was an indig indigenous woman who fell in love with a wealthy, married Spanish... How do you say that? Conquistador. Conquistador? Yeah. Like that? Conquistador, yeah. Don't say it white. Sorry. Uh, well, in Guatemala, she was a wealthy woman that belonged to high society... No matter how the story, the stories change, each version has a few major elements in common. But for now, we'll focus on the Guatemalan legend. Legend says she was married to an older man with whom she had two children, and together they lived a life of excessive luxury. Unexpectedly, her husband died, rendering a penniless widow with no means to feed or support her children. Eventually, her Desperation drove her mad and took her kids to a river where she drowned them. And soon after, she, her madness grew to extreme proportions and she spent her nights wailing and crying for her children. And ultimately took her own life by drowning herself in that very same river. 
To this day, you can hear her spirit come out at night looking and screaming for her kids. Stories also say if you can hear her cries close to you, it's because she's actually far. And on the other hand, if you can hear her cries from far away, she's closer. See, I, I was right. I was right when I told you about that. I love La Llorona. She's my favorite. I love her. I do. She's one. I, of, I love. I I love her. She's one of my favorite stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though she could like kidnap you. Yeah. And just drown you if you're not her kid. Yeah. Yeah. Just that doesn't really bother you. No. No. Okay. No, not really. Yeah, my. I'd be like, girl, me too. I feel like I've already <laughs> told this story, but like my cousin's friend or her cousin mm-hmm. had an encounter with La Llorona. Oh, I think yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you did. I don't remember. I didn't remember. Anywho, hopefully you guys enjoyed this um, episode. We're glad that you joined us and tuned in to this this amazing episode because it is Hispanic Heritage Month. Yep. Which Ari told me she's like, "Oh, do you want to do this?" I was like, "Yeah, go for it. I don't care. This is your this is your podcast too. Go ahead. I don't care." So yeah. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that, even though I just said that. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to us. Yeah. Okay, bye-bye, guys. Bye.